My name is Jan C. Scruggs. I'm the president and founder of the National Vietnam Veterans Memorial, the big a black granite structure on the grounds uh, near the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. I'm here today with one of uh, the premier attorneys of Washington, D.C., uh, still working and uh, uh, doing good things, but he has had uh, one heck of a career. Uh, he was a general counsel for a company called Textron and uh, actually became a general counsel for a little organization known as the Department of Defense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. that's pretty impressive. I don't know. I don't know how you how you win. <laughs> These are long, long standing disputes over who, who sells what to whom and a million dramas are going on on a daily basis. So right. at this time, uh, Terry, why don't you introduce yourself? Why don't you tell me why you ended up in the uh, U.S. Air Force Academy. Tell us a little bit about your father, and uh, we'll take it from there. Sure, Jan. So I grew up in a military family. My dad was uh, grew up in Brooklyn and was recruited to go to West Point uh, for lacrosse. Turned out to be the fastest guy in his class, and the football coach made a halfback out of him. Hmm. But uh, he graduated from West Point and went into the Army Air Corps, which was a very small group at that point, and uh, stayed with the Army Air Corps until 1947, when the Air Force became its own separate military service. And then from 47 through 63, when he retired as the um, commander of the Air Forces in the Pacific as, as a four-star billet had a wonderful military career, led the first B-29 raid out of Saipan to uh, hit Tokyo. And, uh, you know, uh, just a remarkable, successful military career all the way through the Korean War and so forth. So you are in high school and you have to decide what to do when you grow up, become a lawyer, yeah. or a doctor or something like that. So what did you decide? Well, I was in high school in Hawaii, uh, very tough duty, <laughs> probably the greatest, greatest deal I've ever had in my life. And um, I was looking at where to go to college and I was going to go to UVA or Dartmouth. And I got into the Air Force Academy and um, my father, I knew, would really want me to go there, but he wouldn't say so. If he said so, I would go somewhere else. So I asked him, what should I do? He said, Terry, you do whatever you want. <laughs> so I went to the Air Force Academy in the hopes of flying, but my eyes went downhill from 2020 to 2100 at the oh. Academy. So I ended up not qualifying for pilot training. And when I graduated, I went into uh, OSI, Office of Special Investigations, Counterintelligence Division, went to law school at night at Georgetown, and then went to Vietnam in that capacity. We ran um, source nets of indigenous Vietnamese around each of the air bases to try to get intelligence for the Army and the Marines as to when there would be a sapper attack on the base or a 122 millimeter rocket attack uh, aimed at our aircraft. And then we would share the intelligence with the Army or the Marines, and they would interdict the village and hopefully find the bad stuff. Frequently, we were wrong, and the Army and Marines never let us forget it. 
one time they said, Jan, you give us all this intelligence. You need to know what you're launching. Come out with us yeah. to the village. So uh, off to Nang, uh, we went out with them and interdicted a, uh, a supply in, the, uh, in a village just off the uh, air base. And it was a good intelligence. And we got some 122s. And uh, and some bad guys went down uh, in the firefight. And uh, so I got some appreciation for what they were doing out there, because <laughs> otherwise more we were re recruiting spies, essentially, and they would recruit people in the village. And we weren't in the we weren't in the uh, hot zone. So that was kind of a rare, <laughs> rare experience for me. So. Uh, Terry, you and I met back in uh, 1982, uh, 1981. Uh, we were engaged in some he heavy-duty drama with some people who had basically unlimited amount of financial resources and some very significant resources in the Reagan administration. Uh, they, they, one of the key figures here spent a lot of time with Nancy Reagan. I mean, we were up against a wall and, and our, the problem we had was we had this design for a national memorial, which everyone loves now, but we really couldn't find a way to portray it and how beautiful it would be in two-dimensional art. No matter who you hired, they just couldn't really get it. We had to act on faith that this would work and that this would be a a worthwhile contribution to the nation's mall. So uh, we got one of these characters we were involved with. He, he decided that we were, uh, we had some vulnerability if he could uh, get a hold of our financial records. So we had already breaking, broken ground. And the more time he spent screwing around with uh, trying to get our financial records, the thing he forgot was that every day we were building that memorial. And uh, for us, it was just kind of a stupid distraction. Anyway, uh, Terry, what do you remember about those days? And uh, uh, how do you explain the, the, uh, the success of the memorial? And uh, give me your views on, on why it was so hard maybe to find people who were able to tell how using their artistic skill to tell us how it would look. Go ahead. All right, Jan. Well, yeah, I got involved, um, I think, at the uh, tail end of the design competition, which was uh, a, a magnificent competition, maybe one of the largest ever at the time. And the jury that had been selected, uh, very, very competent people, picked Maya Lin's design, the young Yale student. And um, the commitment was to abide by the jury. And it was a very fair democratic way of deciding what the memorial would look like. Well, her design, of course, was viewed by many as radical. It was not traditional. Uh, you know, marble pillars and above ground um, heroics. It was a work of genius, 
but it instigated an enormous firefight, if you will, policy firefight, public firefight uh, over the design. And um, it's, it's interesting because as time went on, Jan, of course, the the memorial has received international, national, almost universal acclaim as being a brilliant design, but at the time it was different. And um, so the opponents of that with um, very strong support from some of the people in the administration, the Secretary of Interior, uh, Jim Watt, I believe, uh, Ross Perot, who was uh, obviously one of the wealthiest men in America, was recruited to fight the design and to fight the groundbreaking. And uh, we found ourselves collectively in a, uh, in a uh, very uh, tough situation where we had to fight fire with fire and they recruited some reporters and some very bad information was given to the reporters about the integrity of the Vietnam Memorial Fund and its finances, which by the way, was ultimately audited by the GAO, Government Accounting Office, and cleared beautifully. Yes. Uh, they went over every scrap of paper and disproved all these allegations that there had been misuse of the funds. But that aside, we took on the me, we took on the reporters. We pointed out where they were wrong. Uh, we had to fight back or we would get crushed. So we fought back, um, uh, I would say, Jan, vigorously with, you know, your leadership and the support of the board of the VBMF. And of course, uh, ultimately, the president signed off. The uh, groundbreaking went forward. Um, Jim Baker, the chief of staff, if I recall, Jan, was very helpful in seeing the light. I had worked with him in the uh, in the Ford White House. Yes. And, um, and you know, the rest is history. I mean, the this memorial, which so accurately depicts the Vietnam experience, is, is artistic genius and um, is here for the duration, uh, hopefully forever on the mall. And as, as you know better than I, it's one of the one of the highest visited uh, locations in Washington. And um, of course, the generation of those who fought in Vietnam are becoming long in the tooth. Um, but uh, there is still a big uh, living contingent, and they're very proud of their memorial. And uh, uh, it broke all expectations when Jan came up with the idea as the founder of having a memorial for Vietnam. People said, are you crazy? It's an unpopular war. It's controversial. We don't have one for the Korean War. We don't have this. We don't have that. And, um, you know, perseverance prevailed with some great people, Senator Mathias and John Warner and, gosh, a long list of um, former military uh, generals and others who got behind this project and made it happen. And I was just kind of in the nuts and bolts of the of the dispute, but others carried the uh, carried the fight, carried the torch forward, and uh, 
it was it, it's really a dramatic great story of a success and nothing great really comes without controversy and without a without a fight it just doesn't happen and um Jan and the board of VVMF were willing and able to uh, hang into that fight, whereas a lot of boards, when they confronted the the power, the money, uh, the media, and the political will of the other side, might well have collapsed <laughs> and abandoned that design. And thank God that didn't happen, and and it was built, and it, and it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people wanted something more, you know, traditional and so forth. So the compromise was actually very reasonable. The three servicemen statue, everybody loves it. I was just there the other day and, you know, people really enjoyed looking at it as well as the Vietnam Women's Memorial and the Vietnam Wall. They all kind of work together to make a, a good experience. And the uh, there's really no sociological or anthropological explanation about why people leave all these things there but just a couple of days ago they were i don't know half a dozen leather letters very heartfelt letters to people who are on the wall and kind of like the dead and the living commune together <laughs> in that space uh, from time yeah. to time or with some frequency but uh well the statue of the three soldiers as a as an ultimate compromise was brilliant then there was debate about whether it should be down at the uh, apex of the memorial or at the entry plaza, and that was fought. And it, it really is a fine uh, addition artistically because it presents a more traditional sculpture to go along with the um, high, you know, the very innovative artistic work of uh, of Maya Lin, and. Um, uh, so together, it's even more powerful in my view. That's just my view. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maya Lin was just uh, there recently, and there was a Christmas tree, which is probably blown away because of the weather today. But she had her picture taken with some of our volunteers, and they hung her picture up on the Christmas tree. And uh, she's Well, that's really terrific. Cool. Yeah. She's got two. I remember she, uh, she, there was. Um, a rumor, and I don't remember the details, that we were going to greatly change her design. And so she had counsel and we went through that issue, uh, whether her design would be defaced. Remember that, Jan? And uh, yeah. somehow uh, destroyed. And yes. of course, of course, that didn't happen. But she had very good counsel. Uh White and Case, I think, uh, pro bono to to fight us. I mean, every time we opened a, a page or turn, looked around the corner, somebody was coming after us. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it just took a constant vigilance, to, and uh, and I would say with Jan and the and the board, constant uh, with negotiation skills with other supporters to get through all the wickets. And, uh, you know, one of the most complicated things in the world is to is to get build something on the mall of the United States Capitol. This mall is is governed by multiple boards and each has independent authority. And it's 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 just very tough to get done. 
So this was uh, this was a, remar- a remarkable success, and for everyone who served, and particularly those who were lost, their families, it means so much to see their name. It's not just a pillar or a you know a great building or something, but the names are uh, the magic of the memorial. Each name, and uh, that that will live in perpetuity. Hopefully. <laughs> well, thank you for your elegant and eloquent uh, summary of, of what happened and uh, how uh, reasonable people were, were able to win. And uh, keep up the good work. And uh, although you could be retired in some place like Naples, Florida, <laughs> to work uh, being a good Catholic boy and doing good good works for. Uh, a lot of nonprofits, and it's very much appreciated that you've been, for me, you're a great example of uh, somebody who's, who really lives in a righteous manner. It's very appreciated, very much appreciated. Thank you, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Jan, and stay warm in Annapolis. It's going to be uh, nine degrees here tonight, so we're in a little bit of a cold spell. <laughs> yeah, well, God bless America. <laughs> I stopped trying to worry about the uh, weather a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Keep your head above water and say hello to everyone. All right, Jan. Have a good day. Signing off.